What's up, everybody? Welcome to church. I'm so excited to be able to share with you all today. We are in the middle of our filled series. If you haven't checked out the other ones, make sure you check it out because it will bless your life. But today, we are talking about God and how He fills us, how His Spirit fills us. And we're talking about how God uses a lot of stories in the Bible, actually, of vessels or jars or containers and how He uses them and He fills them and He uses them for a great purpose. So, without further ado, why don't we jump into the story for today. It's a story found in the Old Testament and the the main character, I guess you could say, is a man named Elisha, a prophet. He did many incredible miracles during that time, during, you know, thousands of years ago. And what happens is, is that this widow, she comes along to Elisha and she's in such a frantic state. She's, she doesn't know what to do. She's maybe crying. And she comes to Elisha and she says, Elisha, you got to help me out. Something terrible has happened. So Elisha's like, okay, so, so what's up? And she said, my husband has died and he acts, and, well, not accidentally, but he left behind this terrible debt, this huge debt, and I can't possibly pay it off. And Elisha's probably like, oh, that's terrible. And she's like, no, no, you don't understand. Is that the real problem of this debt is the person that he owes the debt to. You see, this man that he owes the debt to, probably like a loan shark or something like that, this man has now come knocking on my door demanding that I pay him back the full debt in three days. She's like, I possibly, I can't possibly pay this off. This is impossible. And Elisha's like, okay, so, so what, are you, what can you do? And she's like, I got nothing. I have nothing to use. I have nothing to sell. And the worst part of this story is that this man is saying, if you can't pay off this debt in three days, then I will take your two sons as payment for your debt. So she's obviously freaking out. So Elisha's like, okay, game plan. What, what can we do? What do you got? She's like, I got nothing. Like I told you. It's like, okay, are you sure you got nothing? She's like, well, actually, I got this little jar of olive oil. And he's like, okay, use that. So why don't you go and ask all these other people for jars and we'll see what we can do. So we pick up the story here in 2 Kings 4, 3 to 7. So Elisha said to the widow, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God, that is Elisha, what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. Come on. So this is a pretty crazy story. It's a pretty crazy miracle that happens here. And so today's message title, I've called it this, Filled Supernaturally Natural. Say that five times fast. Supernaturally natural. Supernaturally natural. Supernaturally natural. Supernaturally natural. It wasn't that hard, actually. I mean, <laughs> but it was fun to say, and you remembered it. So let's move on. <laughs> so what happened in this story was a miracle, right? It was supernatural what happened because one small jar shouldn't be able to fill, I don't know how many she had, tens, twenties, or maybe a hundred jars. What? If you do the math, if you think about it, that, that should not happen. But it did, and it was a miracle. 
But what I love about this miracle is that God, so many times in the Bible, when he does something extraordinary, he uses something ordinary to make it happen. So in this story, the woman and her sons, they were, they were pretty ordinary, right? They weren't like the nobles of the land and they had much diamonds and much money to give away. Like they were just normal people. And what I really love is the, the thing that they used was olive oil. And when we talk about olive oil in our context, maybe we think of something like this. This one is uh, Carbonel from Spain. So maybe if you're from Barth- Barcelona, never mind that. <laughs> Anyways, so we normally think of this when we think of olive oil. What do we use this for cooking? It says ideal for baking, grilling and roasting. Mm, sounds like a party. So this is what we normally think of when we hear the word olive oil. But back in the day, right, thousands of years ago, people used all kinds of oils for all kinds of things. Like they would use it for shampoos, they would use it for perfume or deodorant. They didn't have, you know, what we have like the stick or they didn't have like shampoo that comes in the conditioner and the shampoo bottle and you get two. Like they didn't have those kind of luxuries back then. What they had was oil and so many of these people actually, instead of showers, they would use oils to uh, clean themselves, to mask the scent, if you know what I mean. They would use oils. And back in the day, one of the most commonly used oils was, you guessed it, olive oil. And this little guy, maybe not this one specifically, but olive oil had so many different uses uh, for, the, for people a thousand, thousands of years ago. It wasn't just used for cooking, it was used for many, many things. So, in this uh, message, I want to talk about how people used olive oil back in the day and how it relates to us. Because for them, not so much for us, but for them, olive oil was an essential item. People couldn't live or they couldn't live effectively if they didn't have access to olive oil because of the many, many uses that they used olive oil for. So let's take a look. The first one is anointing. Now, when we hear anointing today, we think of it as some fancy religious spiritual word like, ooh, the anointing. I can see the halo on the head, you know, like it's kind of like it feels a bit, you know, lofty and spiritual and whatnot. But it actually means to simply rub in, right? That's what anointing means, to rub something in. So when you see ads for like massage things on TV or whatever, it's like, welcome to Shangri-La. And then you see like the person getting massaged and they got like the oil on them. That's what they meant when they said anointing. That's literally what it means. So in today's context, in today's culture, and you know, in the Bible, uh, they use the word anointing for when God chooses somebody to do something special. And a lot of the time, the people that God chooses in the Bible, if you've read any Bible story, they're not the most flashy people. They're not the most amazing. They might not even be the most athletic or the best looking or the richest. They're just ordinary people like you and me. And God always chooses these incredible, but so not so incredible people to do incredible things. And that's what he did in this story with the olive oil and the widow and her jars. He used something that was ordinary and he did something that was extraordinary. 
And so today we think of anointing as God saying, I have chosen you to do this, or I have given you this skill, this ability to be able to do this in your life. It's like the special touch of God is on you or that thing in that area of your life. That's what we think of anointing as these days. So one key I really want to make sure that we are all on the same page about is this, that oil represents the Holy Spirit. Did you catch that? The oil in the Bible, when it talks about anointing especially, is often referred to in the New Testament as like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming on people. And us as Christians, we can be confident in this, that when we believe in Jesus, then God's Spirit, God's Holy Spirit comes into our empty vessel, our empty jar, and He fills us with His Spirit. That's pretty cool, right? That would be what we would call uh, extraordinary or uh, supernatural, right? We're normal, ordinary people, but God can do extraordinary things in you and me. So let's see some other things uh, that happens with oil, the uses of olive oil in the old Bible days. So the other thing is lighting. A lot of people would use oil as fuel for lighting. So they would have those lamps and they would make sure that oil was in the lamp. So when they put the fire in, that they would have light in the darkness. Hmm, sounds familiar. Let's read John 8, 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You see, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying that he is the light of the world. And when we get Jesus, we get light. When we accept Jesus into our life, He lights up our life. All the dark areas of our life, all the shadows, all the things that we've been hiding, God can touch those things and expose it to His incredible light. And not only are we lit up from the inside out, but now we, as followers of God, become lights to others. This is an incredible miracle that God does in our life when we accept Him into our heart. He fills us, right? And then we are able to have an influence, a positive influence on those around us. The next thing that people used oil or olive oil for in the Old Testament or in the Bible days is for heat, heating. Right? So it's similar to lighting, right? But they would use the oil as a fuel source to warm their houses. So they would have uh, maybe a fireplace or something, and they would use the oil as the source of heat so that they could bring heat and warmth into their house. And that's like what Jesus does for us. When we accept Jesus into our life, then His heat, His love, comes into our hearts, He fills us, He warms us up, He brings us back to life, and He fills us to the brim and overflowing with His love. And I think as Christians, we should be on fire for God. We should be burning with the passion for what God wants to do. We should be asking God, God, what is it that you made me for? Why am I here on this earth? How can I serve you? How can I serve others? This is the heat that I'm talking about. And this heat comes from the Holy Spirit that fills us. Like the olive oil filled the jars, God's heat, God's love can fill our life. 
And I'm not talking about like a destructive fire, a, a harmful fire. God's fire is always there for our benefit, to help us, to heal us, and to make sure that we don't get cold or we don't get sidetracked or we don't kind of, you know, get a little bit dry of life, right? We've got to stay, stay on fire, stay passionate, keep the vision clear because we got that Holy Spirit within us that's helping us and He is going to guide us. So let us burn with passion. I think, and I might get this wrong, but I think John Wesley, famous man, uh, many, many hundreds of years ago that did incredible things for the Lord. He said, light a man on fire and people will come and watch him burn. That might sound a little bit weird or scary or negative, but what he's saying is when you catch fire for God, people will see your life. That it's hard to ignore when someone's on fire. I've never seen that before, but we're talking about on the inside we're talking about when we catch fire for God, that we will have an incredible influence on those around us and they will pay, take, pay attention. They will take notice of your life and they will wonder what is different about you. And they might want some of what you got. It's incredible. So the next thing that we're talking about that they used in the past was cooking. What we use it for today, baking, grilling, and roasting. Pretty much anything else you want to cook these days, you can use this for that. And so that's what they used in the Old Testament. That's what they used. Uh, that's what we use today. So it clearly works, right? And uh, I want to read this scripture here in Matthew 4, 4. Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So just like we need to cook, to make food, to sustain our physical bodies, then we also need something, some nutrients to sustain our spirits, right? And so that's why Jesus gave us his word, the Bible. And that's why we love talking about journaling here. I know you are not sick of hearing about journaling every single week because we love it. Journaling has honestly changed my life and journaling is so, so, so essential to our lives as Christians, as believers, as people in general because this is the greatest shortcut you will find in your life. It's called developing a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with the living God, the one who filled us with his spirit. So we've got to make sure that we take care of that spirit, right? We've got to make sure that we feed that spirit, right? And just like if you miss a meal, you feel a little bit tired, a little bit lethargic, a little bit lack of energy. If you miss a second meal, you feel even worse. If you miss a day's worth of food, you are struggling, well, how much more for our spirits, for our souls? We need the nutrients, the sustenance that comes from the Word of God. And there's no better way I know how to do that than journaling. What is journaling? That's reading a little bit of the Bible every day, maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. I don't know, 30 minutes if that's your fancy. That's not my fancy. I'm more the five minute to 10 minute kind of guy myself. But if that's what you like to do, by all means. But the point is not how long you do it. The point is you do it, right? And if you miss a day here or there, I know we've got busy lives. We've got busy things that we're doing. Don't worry about it. 
Don't feel guilty about it. If you miss a day or you haven't been journaling for a while, I would just simply encourage you right now to come back to God, to just come back to reading His Word because there's so much that He wants to share with you. There's so much that He wants to impart to you through His Word and you are missing out on the blessings of God when we miss out on journaling. So I don't want you to miss out and I want to make sure that you are feeding your soul well. So let's make sure that we use what we have to feed our soul. And the last and final thing is that God, oh, the people in the Old Testament, sorry, they used uh, olive oil or oils for healing. You see, if you were maybe got a cut or maybe you had a rash or even back then, I think they used certain types of oils as a, as a form of, of sunscreen, sunblock. Today, people use like coconut oil for the opposite effect to get like really, really brown. But back in the day, I mean, they could have done that. But they use it to protect themselves, to help heal any kind of wound or hurt that they have. And I think it's really amazing that that's exactly what Jesus did for us. You see, Jesus was the ultimate oil and He came to this earth and He died on a cross so that He could be the final alleviation, the final medicine, the final cure for our sickness, for our hurt, for any wound that we have from the past, Jesus is the oil that we can rub onto that wound. We can find healing in Jesus' name. And I think that's incredible that when we have the Holy Spirit, when we are filled with His oil, then we have access to that healing power. And so if there's anyone out there right now, I just pray in Jesus' name. If you're praying for healing, if you are praying to see a breakthrough in a, in a physical area, I pray that you would see that in Jesus' name. And I don't want you to give up praying for that. I don't want you to lose heart during these, these crazy times that we live in. God wants to heal you. God wants to help you. That's why Jesus came to this earth so that He could give His life so that we could find ours. And Jesus is the ultimate medicine, the ultimate cure for whatever we're going through. You know what? I love how Jesus always uses natural things. You know, this is a natural thing. This is nothing super elegant, super special, super crazy. But God uses simple things. He uses normal things to do extraordinary things. And what does this have to do with the story of Elisha and the, and the widow and her jars? Well, I think that first bottle, that first bit of olive oil, that's Jesus. And we, you and me, we are the empty vessels. And God wants to fill every single empty vessel. He wants to bring all of us, all humans, He wants to bring them in and fill us with His Spirit. And His oil, His Spirit will not run out until he sees every single person hear the name of Jesus Christ. He wants to fill us with his spirit. He wants to fill us with his power. He wants to fill you with his love and his grace. And that's what we see in this story. That's what I got from this story, is that we are those empty vessels. Without Jesus, we're empty. But with Jesus, we are filled to the brim. And we are useful for God to be able to do something extraordinary with something ordinary. And there's one time in my life where I really felt the power of God. I really experienced in a, in a powerful way what it felt like to be filled 
with the Holy Spirit. When I was 18 years old, uh, I was in my last year of high school, and we went on a school trip to Thailand, which was pretty cool because we got to ride elephants and there was like a pool and there was kind of like fun activities that we could do. It was a great experience. But during this time was right, I was a week after the big earthquake and tsunami hit Japan uh, in 2011, uh, at March 11th, I think that's correct. And so that's that's was a, a shocking time for so many people. It was a very uncertain time for myself. I really found myself doubting God. Um, so it was a relief to be able to kind of get away, get out of that situation. And as a class, we went to Thailand. And so in Thailand, we were enjoying ourselves. We were having fun. We were enjoying the food, enjoying just uh, hanging out. And then a few days in, there was another earthquake in Thailand which is really weird because there's no like major tectonic plates that crosses through Thailand. Thailand doesn't really experience earthquakes, but here we are in Thailand and we're having another earthquake. And I remember looking at my friend, looking him in the eye and just seeing despair, just seeing like what in the world is going on. I cannot believe what is happening right now. And I was the same. And so we evacuated outside and we got outside and people were really shaken up, (laughs) shaken up, Um, anyways. And so we were outside, right? And one of the teachers came to me and she was like, Monty, you know, play some worship music. And I was like, "Ah, I don't have a guitar. And I saw the dude over there had the guitar. I was like, my man, (laughs) play some worship music. (laughs) So he starts playing along, starts playing a worship song. And mind you, this is probably the most I've ever doubted God in my entire life. You know, I grew up in a Christian family, Christian home, heard about Jesus and stories since I was a small child. I always knew he was there, but this was the first time where I really doubted if God was there, if God actually cared. And during this moment, when this when my friends started playing guitar and started singing worship songs, I just felt the the spirit of God just touch me. And it felt like it felt like olive oil it felt like honey it was warm and it was thick and it and started from my head and it went all the way down to my toes and it was the best way I can describe it it was the physical form or physical love of God God filled me and I couldn't take it I just fell to my knees and I just broke down crying and I'm not talking about like a cute little (laughs) like a little tear in my arm. I was talking about like an ugly cry. I was bawling. I don't normally cry. Like who normally is? Like I don't normally cry. So I didn't know how to cry. And so I didn't know where I was supposed to breathe and where I was supposed to let the tear. And, and it was just a mess and it was tears and snot and saliva. And it was the whole thing. And it was very embarrassing for an 18-year-old uh, guy in high school. And so <laughs> the good news was it wasn't just me. Everybody, everybody was getting slayed in the spirit. Everyone was feeling something incredible, which was actually pretty cool. It wasn't just me, but many people were experiencing the love of God. And like I said, it was just like from head to toe, I felt God's spirit fill me. And I felt God say to me very clearly, the clearest I've ever heard God say something to me. It was like, it wasn't an audible voice. It was more like I felt it, but it was kind of like, it was It was so clear. And God simply said, Monty, I love you and I will never leave you. And in that moment, I knew that I can't just stay some 
18-year-old punk who only cares about himself, who, who is worried about what other people think of him, who's stuck in his insecurities, uh, realized, I've got to do something big for God. I want to use my life for God. And it was an incredible moment. And I really, I'm thankful that God was able to fill me in that moment. But I got good news for all of you watching today that this experience isn't just for me. doesn't mean I'm special. God wants to fill each and every one of you. That being said, it might look different. It might feel different. Or it might not feel like anything at all. But God wants to fill you during this time in times of pandemics, in times of crazy things happening, in times of the world kind of, it's crazy. God wants to fill you. God wants to use you. God wants to use your life to be a light that shines in this uncertain times, in these dark times. God wants to use you. God wants to fill you. You are that vessel that He wants to use to send into the world to be a blessing to other people. God wants to use you and me. So lastly, I just would love to pray with you all that if that's you and you, you say, yeah, I just want to respond to the call. I just want to be filled more with Jesus. Maybe you, you already are a believer. You already have, you know, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, but you want to overflow. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that God would do something powerful in your life, in your situation, that God would fill you so that you would overflow with His incredible Spirit, with His oil. Let's pray together. Yes, God, we thank You for today. Thank You for these incredible people watching. And I pray, God, that You would just touch them right now, God. I pray You speak to them like You spoke to me that day and that You would let them know that You love them and that You are not going anywhere, that You will never leave them. Even when times are tough, even when things seem scary, God, You are always there for us. And I pray right now, God, that we would hold on to You that you would fill us afresh, that we would overflow with your Holy Spirit, with your oil, God, that your love would overflow from the inside out onto those around us, God. We want to be used by you. So God, we say, let it be your will. Your will be done in my life today. God, I pray you fill us and you keep filling us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And the last group of people I'd like to pray for is maybe you've never believed in Jesus. Maybe you never accepted Him into your life and you feel like that, that empty vessel. God wants to fill you today with His love, with His Holy Spirit. He wants to fill you. You don't have to be empty anymore. And on the count of three, I'm going to say now. And when I say now, if you want to let Jesus in, if you want to let Him fill your heart, then when I say now, I'm going to ask you to make a decision to believe in Jesus, to let Him in. All you have to know is that He loves you. He died for you. He rose again. He's alive today and He wants this. He wants you. He wants a relationship with you. So on the count of three, are you ready? Three, two, one, now. Right now, why don't you make that decision in your heart to let God fill you. Come on. Come on, guys. Why don't we pray together? Yeah, God, we thank you for today. I thank you for these incredible people that you love so much. I pray you come into their life right now in a powerful way. All the hurts and the, and the pain from the past are gone in Jesus' name and you have filled them to the brim with your love and your grace. And God, I pray you guide them in this day that they will be able to be an incredible influence to those around them. We thank you, God. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. 
Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this message. If you did, make sure you leave a like, a comment, or share, or most of all, subscribe. And we'll catch you next time. See ya.